Seems like every week, Matthew, I find myself entangled in something that makes me very tired. And this week's no different. I uh, managed to get involved with a parasite that uh, that fed off five-star podcast reviews. But unfortunately, I just didn't have enough to give it. Um, oh, I know. So maybe if the people listening gave me more five-star reviews, or us more five-star reviews, should I say, then at least I could satiate its ravenous hunger. Or something like that. Yeah, I, I hear that in in a pinch that they, you know, the, these these parasites can survive. Uh, you know, if they don't have five star reviews, of people joining a Facebook group and being, you know, active and friendly and chatty in there. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that they, uh, that they, it's sort of a sidebar from what they normally like. They, I mean, if it were me, I, I'd give them both because you know those parasites are cute. Yeah, they can be cute, and they can give you a lovely song, lovely rendition of a lovely song. Um, well, anyway, everyone, it's brain damage this week, so uh, uh, let's get That's into the name it. of the film, not what's happened to us. Yeah, well, I don't know. Could be a bit of both, couldn't it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are horror sandwiches? I hear you scream in my face with anger. Well, it's a lovely movie fill-in surrounded by two slices of beautiful chatty goodness. My name's Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Oh, oh, here he is. He's here. He's always here. Yeah, you're always here. Are you good this week? I am exhausted, but I'm ready for podcasting. Oh, yeah. Hot and tired, but ready to talk about stuff. Oh, I've had I've had a hell of a week. Oh, busy, busy, busy. Well, we've also got joining us this week a returning guest in Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, we won't go there, but, you know, if anything is going to cheer me up, it's going to be a smooth-talking, veiny blue turd that sings. But enough about me. Hey! Hey, <laughs> Oh, now that's it. That's the one. Uh, well done, everyone. Love, lovely little bit of banter there to get us going into the into the podcast. Um, so I think everyone's sort of hot and tired, really. That's the sort of British thing at the moment. We're all hot and tired, and yeah, we're currently currently reaching the balmy highs of like like twenty two degrees, and our pasty British skin can't handle it. No, we can't handle it. We've, we've run out of Soleros. Oh, bloody back on ice creams again. Yeah, um, the strawberry split yesterday. It was amazing. Oh, that is a good. That is a classic. The old strawberry split. Never see them knocking around. No, it was a, it was like a multi pack from the from the supermarket. It was lovely. Oh, lovely! What's your ice cream of choice, Sam? What are you going for in these these trying well, I times? Was, I was just thinking about how excited I was maybe last year or the year before because I'm vegan. So ice cream is very exciting when you find a nice vegan one. 
And I found in Tesco's, they have vegan strawberry splits. And it was one of the greatest days of my entire life because I hadn't had one since I was tiny wee. So I'm very fond of those. Um, my go-to, because I'm a disgusting chubby monkey, is just to buy a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's and just eat the whole thing. I don't the really unreliable. <laughs> yeah. Or at a pinch, a cider lolly from an ice cream van because Ooh. they are excellent. I like a cider lolly as well. Cider lolly is a good one for a hot day because it really is refreshing. They are. Ice cream's not refreshing. People eat it and they go, oh, lovely ice cream, but it just makes you thirsty. That is true, but you have a cold tummy then, and that's quite nice. Oh, lovely cold tummy, a little bit bit of air conditioning inside yourself. That's lovely. (laughs) Okay, I'm calling it now. We're going to have to do an ice cream review episode for the the Patreon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to. Ice cream sandwiches. Maxi buns are kind of an ice cream sandwich, isn't it? Yeah, I like a maxi bon. Right, we did this like we did this the other week. We, we've got to get off this. Um, but he did mention Patreon. I heard him say it. Um, so yeah, we've got that now. There's a few tiers. Join them, and we promise to put some content on there eventually. We've got the first two episodes of Eerie and Diana at the moment, and we will get around to doing more when life stops kicking us in the balls. Um. Kicking us in the balls. Wow. Um, don't go that dramatic. It's more, uh, you know, hoofing us in the shin. <laughs> well, I'd, um, what, what else have I got? I suppose the last thing to tell everybody is I finally finished the book that Matthew read and I said I was reading and I finally got round to actually finishing it. Um, and it was pretty damn good. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that off air though because spoilers. Yes, but I'm excited but... to talk to you about it because I've I want to I've got stuff I want to share. Oh, that's exciting! Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, that's it, really. That's all I've got for preamble this week. I can't. I mean, we 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 had ice cream chat. We've had this is what I did chat. Um, I Patreon said I was going to watch TV shows and didn't, and just watch more movies instead. Um, I think I'm hooked. Some kind of movie drug. Anyway, uh, right. <laughs> so the first slice of bread is we're going to ask Sam a few lovely questions. I've sent her some lovely questions, um, and you're going to answer those lovely questions, right? I'm going to try. So the first one is um, best antagonist slash protagonist, or both. Just do both if you can. Well, that is a very tricky one because obviously – the horror genre is absolutely cram-packed with delightful um, antagonists and protagonists. Um, I would probably have to go for Freddy Krueger. No matter how camp and silly he gets through the series of the films, he's just so much fun. And he's good value for money. And he just gets funnier. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe some people think he's less good as the films go on but i think he gets funnier and just more delightful so freddy krueger i can't argue with that actually um from well the thing is that 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 slashes is he was the first one to start gobbing off wasn't he so um you know if anything he's definitely the most entertaining antagonist antagonist 
his icon status is fully earned and deserved, isn't it? It's not like he's, you know, he's not mucking about and just getting some weird internet following because internet people are weirdos. You know, he's like, he's great. Everyone knows he's great, isn't he? It's perfectly, perfect, perfect answer. Perfect. <laughs> Do we have a weird internet following? Yeah, me. I mean, I I download the episode every week, uh, so yeah, yes. I think that's covered. Yeah, no, don't worry, uh, that's good. I download it too. Um, so yeah, and I'm definitely weird. I think Sam actually downloads it as well, so she's weird too. I do. A, th- a thrice weirdos, a thruple of weirdos. Oh, I like it. A murder of weirdos. Oh, I like that one. Hmm. Um, nah, crows have stolen that one. We can't. We can't take it from them. I could take on a crow. I reckon. I could, <laughs> you say that now. I could take on a couple of crows. I reckon. Ooh, I've moved my mic away. I think that's going to have to be another Patreon episode as well. Mike fought. Mike fought. Mike fights a crow. <laughs> I suppose. I'm. I suppose in this scenario, though, we'd have to fight a murder of crows, and I think I probably would come out worse on that one. Who do you reckon win between a crow and a seagull? Seagull. Seagull? Because seagull probably eat it. Yeah, Crows have got the smarts, but um, gulls have got the sheer gumption and gall and just size on their side. Yeah, raw power. I derailed this one dramatically, didn't I? No, it's all right. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Keeps me ticking over. Um, do, you, uh, do you have a protagonist, Sam? Or have you only gone for the Anne? Um, I mean, that is what jumped out at me when presented with the question. Um, I always root for the bad guys. So <laughs> antagonists are always going to be my my first choice. And yeah, I couldn't think of anyone for antagonist, uh, protagonist. Sorry. Um, there's lots of lovely ones, but they're just not as fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I suppose if you're rooting for the murderer, does that make them the protagonist? But or what if it's me, like, yes? What if they're a baddie, but they've kind of justified as well? That oh yeah, they they're, they're quite good. I don't even care if they're justified. I'm the strange lady with lots <laughs> of like horror baddie tattoos that people go, "Is there a Pennywise tattoo?" When I'm out and about, and I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." So you know. Always going to root for the bad guy. Be far more amusing if you said no. No, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, be like, no, that's my mum. Definitely. Um, So, uh, best soundtrack or score? Uh, Pick one of the two because I I never really know which what I'm thinking of when I say that. So, well, one of them. Well. That's obviously a huge question. There's so many, but the one that stands out for me from recent years is Men. I loved Men so much. The film, just everything. I know it's a weird one that not a lot of people love, but the soundtrack, um, well, score more so, um, is just absolutely beautiful. And the, um, the call and response echo sounds used in the score is just absolutely haunting 
Um, and I remember seeing the trailer and hearing it and thinking, oh my God, that is just stunning. And it's one of the few um, scores I've actually come home and put on and listened to in the house. Wow. Um, because it's just absolutely beautiful. So big, big fan of that score. And if you haven't seen Men, beautiful listener people, it's absolutely bonkers, but I love it. So please watch it because nobody seems to have seen it. Yeah, Matthew, we've both seen, seen it. it. Yeah. Yay! Do you, do you like it or do you just think it's too bonkers? Uh, I'm in this sort of weird position with it in that I did enjoy it, uh, but it was, to me, very clearly Alex Garland's weakest film. But it's like the bar is so high for him that, you know, even though it's his weakest film, it's still really good. But because it's yeah. his weakest film, I'm still kind of disappointed. So it's like <laughs> this weird place that exists with it. Uh, but yes, it, I did on, you know, I did just enjoy the film. And weirdly, when Rory Kinnear is that little kid in the film, it looked just like my Uncle Rob. Oh, no, he's so upsetting when he's a small child. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why it's weird, because my Uncle Rob's, like, in his Uncle 80s now. Rob. Yeah, I remember I enjoyed the film, but I've got to admit, I don't remember the soundtrack standing out to me, but um, I'm going to give it another listen. I'll, I'll if give you it go back listen. and watch that trailer, I think you will, you will remember it. I think um, it is one of those films where you spend a lot of the time going, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and that's the sort of main main part you get away from it. I think if I watched it again, maybe I'd pick up on that. Um, but there's a lot. That's a what the fuck kind of movie. Yeah, that might be a contender for next year's F up February, might it? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's on the shortlist. We'll put it on. I'm excited for F up February again. Um, I liked it. That's all the best films. <laughs> probably now this last question i'm going to ask you is fast becoming my favorite question because i never know what people are going to say um which is what's the best remake again so many answers um but i mean the thing is the obvious one mm-hmm. um but my favorite two that i thought of are probably um suspiria i really 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 enjoy um the Suspiria remake. Um and I really enjoy the original as well. And Maniac, which I know you watched recently, Mark. I did, um, yeah. I think it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful film. Um I loved it. I have it on Blu-ray and I haven't watched it again since I watched it for the first time. So it's definitely do a revisit, but I thought it was just I don't want to say exquisite because that sounds so wanky, but I think it's <laughs> With it. <laughs> Actually, both of those are quite wanky choices, aren't they? Would you like to choose something less wanky, or are you sticking with no, it? No, I'm. I, I I do like a wanky horror film. <laughs> so I think we've I think we've had Suspiria before, haven't we? I think uh, we have. Uh, Paul chose it, and I think we've had Maniac as an answer to something else before, but not not this category. Your friend chose it as as as. I think it was Joe, wasn't it, Kim? And uh, best effect, his best, best score. Did we ask him that question, though? I don't remember asking him Yeah, that I think question. we did. I think we did, yeah. Oh. Yes, he did, yeah. No, I, I remember now I watched Maniac on on your suggestion, Sam, now I think about it. 
Yeah. Um, was great in it, even if you don't get to see him very much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's as good as the original one. To be fair, so I wouldn't can't agree with you that it's a great remake. Although I suppose it is actually. I dis I disagree with myself. I just prefer obviously the original, but I guess most people are going to do that anyway. Um, and I haven't seen the Suspiria remake because I really didn't like Suspiria. But then Paul told me when he was on here, he said that if I didn't like it, I probably would quite like the remake. So it's visually very beautiful. Um, and I think it is if you want to use the much maligned elevated horror phrase, you know, it, it does fall firmly into that category, but it's just it's just gorgeous. The the visuals are beautiful, just everything. The cast is incredible. It's great. I love it. And some of the effects in it, bleh, we love we love that. Ooh, I do like bleh effects. I believe it's on Prime. I believe, um, well, it's been on there for a while, so I think it's still on there, so you should should give it a watch. I think it might be one Amazon stumped up the money for. Uh, so I, think, yeah, I, think I think it's, it's really going to be on there long term. But watch it anyway. Don't wait for it to disappear. Actually, I think the reason that I didn't watch it is because it's long and... Um... <laughs> My my brain's very ninety minutes. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. Uh, I can watch a two and a half hour movie. And I, I feel like there's enough in there to keep your attention. All right, I'll do it. I'll watch it. I think two suggestions of that means that I have to watch it. I don't know if there is a rule, but um... yes. And me and Paul both have excellent taste, so you must you must go for it. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Well, that's it then. That's the first lovely, delicious, questiony slice um, out of the way. And I'm looking forward to the last slice because I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm very excited. But uh, well, we'll just leave that tease there. So you sit, <laughs> sit through the movie and get to the fun one. Um, or, or, you know, or enjoy the whole thing. Enjoy the whole thing, please. Um, I'm rambling. Anyway, this week we're covering Brain Damage from 1988. Uh, directed by Frank Henenlotter, made with a two million budget. Uh, nothing that I could see regarding box office, but I think you're looking at the sort of 80s video craze. So in, in all likelihood, it made its money back and then some. Um, but um, yeah, that's it. I don't know why I said but. Um, well, because you see an exquisite one in the film. Yeah. Oh, just side, just yeah, just derailed that completely, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you made me think about a bum. You're thinking that big old butt. Oh, I thought about a bum. Um. Anyway, oh crikey, I've only written down two characters really because I think, um, yeah, basically. Um. So I've got Rick Hurst as Brian, and John Zacharet as the voice of Elmer or Elmer. Whatever you want to go for. Um, I think in terms of like the people who love horror, he's pretty much being Elmer now. But uh that's not what the movie suggests he's called. Um I haven't written down any of the other characters because they're all pretty side characters and not of great importance. Um, unless you think I do need to mention someone, in which case I will. And um Good, I'm glad you agree. Uh, 
Now, I was just thinking whether they were worth a mention, but um, his girlfriend is very boring. His brother is very boring. Um, there's, there's... Security guard needs a shout out because we love the security guard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the couple that you introduced to at the beginning, the Ackermans, they're quite they're quite good. And if they had a bit more of a bit more in it, then um, you know I might have mentioned them. But anyway. I'm not necessarily going to start this chat. I'm going to let one of you do it. But I would like to say um, it, it was nice to get into a fun 80s horror movie. Um, I feel like just lately we've slogged through some more serious stuff. Um, and I enjoyed watching this. So uh, anyway, I guess I'll let... Yeah, go on, Matthew. You kick us off. Oh, this is... Who, who chose this film? First Me. of all, okay. Sam. So, I I'd never heard of this before. We watched it, uh, so I had a very brief look at it and thought this is eight late eighties, low budget. So I'm not expecting a great deal, uh, and thinking, you know, hopefully there's some some nice B movie charm to it, and and I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, not only is the film daft silly fun uh but it, it it's got some really great effects to it some really strong looks and like the uh you know the way that elmer sort of like detaches his jaw and he's got all these little teeth and stuff to him and uh the, the bit where one of the characters got stuff coming out of his ear and then he turns into a full torrent like they look really great and yeah, yeah. Like highlights of that era of filmmaking, really, for me. And yeah, thank you, Sam. It was, uh, I had a good, big kick out of this one. Oh, I'm glad. It's one of those films that I sort of use as a gauge with people. If they haven't seen it, then I need to sit them down and see what their <laughs> reaction is. And if they have seen it, if they don't like it, I can no longer be their friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know, I got into that first scene and it was just like, the, this couple, you know, having this talk about, oh, I had to schlep to the deli across town rather than the normal one. <laughs> they actually pull out brains. You think, oh, okay, this is a got us off on a pretty weird foot. And then they just start screaming at an empty bathtub and you know, just just ransack their own house. It just goes crazy. And then it kind of just stays like that for the next hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Unhinged is the word I always think of when I think of the little old couple just screaming constantly. It's just oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, they were they were they were they were great fun. And when they show up later in the film, they they they're great fun too. Chew? Why did I say chew? Um, it's quite a trippy movie though, isn't it? It's a bit um, well, it's kind of uh, typical. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's typical. It kind of goes even further than it in that, you know, a lot of these horror movies are, are deeply, deeply conservative, aren't they, with the way that characters are, you know, you, you make it to the end of a horror film by having good moral fiber. So, you know, the people who have sex always get killed first. And sorry, 1950s Hollywood horror cinema, you know, black, being black is a sin in that film. So, you know, those people get taken out early. Uh, and this film like just really does this massive 1950s morality play, doesn't it? You know, it's 
really clear that it's about the dangers of drugs. You know, it's it felt like someone was going to jump out of the screen and be like, this kid tried marijuana once and look what's happened to him. <laughs> this guy gets this interaction with this thing that pumps liquid into his brain and then he starts seeing colours and hearing music and, you know, within five minutes he's listening to degenerate music, associating with loose women and committing crimes before eventually hurting those closest to him and dying as a result of his actions. Yeah, it's um, it's actually one thing that I really wanted to bring up because it's, like you say, it, it, it seems to be very obviously about drug use, but... I was looking I was looking through some of the stuff and um it's quite interestingly the director they've spoken to him about this and it's like oh it's obviously about drug use and he's just and he's flat out gone no it's just a it's just a silly movie where the, the, this thing happens and it's like uh, I thought it was interesting that he was clearly in denial about it but um on top of that, there is information to say that he that he that he did have a bit of a cocaine habit, so um, it may have been about drugs actually. I mean, at one um, point, a character even turns right around and says, "Are you on drugs?" To him. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I thought it was really interesting that the filmmaker himself was going, "No, it's just about a weird little parasite. What is your problem?" But you look at Hen and Lotta's <laughs> other movies and just see how weird they are, and the underlying social commentary in all of them. I don't know whether he intended them if he is saying no um about drug addiction as a theme but um i mean it clearly a is a little guy <laughs> yeah i mean it clearly is like matthew says it's got everything everything in it he starts off as a squeaky clean fella and in the end he dies because of his addiction it's all very uh um it's all I mean, very if you, t- if you took the uh you know you, you took the the brain sucking out of this and just made Elmer a doobie. You know, you'd be showing this in schools in the 1960s, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, it, uh, uh, the other thing I've looked at is that it apparently is, well, I'm, I'm not apparently because I've watched it, but apparently the reason, why am I saying it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I, there is obviously a sort of uh, sexual danger element to it as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I stop saying apparently all the time. Yeah, I mean that that seems to be part of the uh, the the moral failing of the the character in it, doesn't it? Again, these these aren't aren't my opinions. These are the opinions of nineteen fifties conservatism. The that he. That there is a strong gay undertone in the uh, in the shower scene as well, isn't there? Uh, which is, again, part of the don't do drugs because you'll turn queer attitude, which obviously nonsense, but some maniacs still think that. I'm not sure. I thought he was quite an attractive man in the shower. I would have uh, I would have been all right in that shower. Well, he was Mark, but you're a, you know you're an enlightened man who finds beauty in the male buttocks. Oh yes, I've got. Oh, it was his buttocks. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, got me it's dating. Be thinking about that for the rest of the episode. All of a fluster now, thinking about bottoms. Oh. Well, there's a boob at one point in this, and of course that was brilliant. Um, 
been a while since we've had a movie that I could say boob, uh, which is weird for horror films. Why haven't we seen as much boobs as we should have done? We just don't get as many boobs in horror anymore. It's all very clean cut, isn't it? Could I, it's some sort of protest I could make. Can I go to Hollywood with a big sign that says more boobs, please? I think so. Hmm. Everyone loves boobs. Everyone wants a boob in a horror film. Yeah, I just one. It's fine. It's just one singular boob. It's better than no boobs. Are you counting that weird ceiling light thing? Because that looked a bit boob-like. It did, but did it turn into an eye as well? Uh, I don't know what was going on. Actually, that's interesting. I quite enjoyed that scene. Um, now you say that first trip when he's sort of goes under that blue water and it's, it's uh, this is toilet water. Do you remember those back in the day when you got that blue thing that you put in the toilet? The water went blue. Don't know if you can still get that blue. You can. I want one. I want blue toilet water. It gives you the illusion that the toilet is clean. I think that's just the thing. You see blue and you go, ah, clean. But it's just dyed water. Oh. I like illusions, though. Wouldn't really work if you had lemon-coloured one, would you? Oh, no. Because no. you'd think it was wee-wee. Yeah. Or These chocolate. tangents are getting worse and worse, aren't they? Ah, well. here, Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. You, I, <laughs> I don't think you're really responsible for any of these tangents, to be honest. No, it's my change. brain. Yeah, this is this is me and Mark being you delirious. Mark. I think. No, it's all right. I think we've. I think um, just lately, and uh, we've become a bit more tangenty lately. But I like it. That's how my brain works. <laughs> um, let's talk about Elmo himself. Now, I've got a complaint about this movie, and it's not. Um, it, it's mostly that we don't get enough Elmo because when uh, Brian himself is trying to come off the drugs and, and Elmer's just in that sink giving him shit, it's really good scene. Um, but we don't get enough of that sort of him chatting along and being sort of a bit. He's not really wisecracky, is he? But he's got a lovely voice, and um, I just yeah, his voice really reminded me of someone, and I. I still can't get who it reminds me of. So if I if I remember, I'm gonna have to just put it in the in the Facebook group. I wonder if that man has um voiced anything else. I feel like I've checked this before and I don't think he has, but um he does have a beautiful, beautiful speaking voice and singing voice. Yes, um, yeah. And I do enjoy Alma in the sink just Having a lovely old time. There he is. Oh. Now oh, he's done lots of bits and bobs by the look of it. Yeah, sure. he has. Actually, I have to say, I think I said his name wrong at the beginning. It's actually uh, Zach, Zach Earl. And I think I said Zach or something. Zach Earl. Zach Earl. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, I think that's probably just about the only complaint I had in that movie is we just we got a sort of glimpse of this fun personality and we didn't get you don't get enough of that I don't think, um, which is annoying. But I do like him when he does his murdering when he's drilling into people's brains. Um, that is I, good fun. I especially enjoyed the toilet one where you don't really see what's going on, but it's just a whole whizzing 
circle of blood and it's fun. Good fun. My favourite is probably the scene with the girl he meets in the club, which is worth a mention. When he's bouncing around in that club, having a lovely time off his face on juice is so funny. Um, but yeah, when he takes that girl up to the roof, I want to say, um, and he opens the roof. Does he go on the roof of the club or roof of his I building? Thought, maybe it was an alley. Um, oh, know. maybe it's an alley. I don't know why it's on the roof, but that might be the scene later with the old people. No, you're um, probably right. But he unzips his trousers, and you know what's going to happen, and it's so cringy. And then little Alma sticks his head out of the zip, and ooh, but that is probably the best, um, the best killing. There is so much fun. Yeah, it really looks like a dick, though. It's very upsetting. <laughs> He's like a little, a little blue phallic turd monster, but I just love him so much and his little beady eyes and his little teeth. He does have that little cute little smile on his face, doesn't he? He's so cheeky. He does. He's a lovely chap. He's not got an awful lot of um, movement in his little puppet, but um, he's definitely better than um, Belial. He's got a lot more going on puppet-wise, and I think timeline-wise, this was after Basket Case, wasn't it? I think it was a few Yes, years I think ago. so, yeah, because um, um, he directed Basket Case as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Henelotta's yeah. films are just excellent. This is the first one I saw. Um, completely fell in love with it and immediately had to go on and watch um, Frank and Hooker and Basket Case. Yeah, Basket Case was um, 82. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely better puppetry than Basket Case, but um, he's still he's still quite basic with his little eyes, but he's great. Like you said, when his mouth opens up and his little tongue comes out, it's, oh, it's fabulous. Now, that reminds me, actually, I, I've not enjoyed but i thought it was a good effect when they were showing the juice going into the brain um and oh the little it... blue crackly lines everywhere peak yeah. special effects yeah it's Wonderful. good stuff it's good stuff um what else have i got written down um not much really there's only one one slightly annoying moment where the effects go slightly ropey, and that's in the train when um, he's off his head and his sort of girlfriend, ex-girlfriend is there. And um, it, it, the, the, I don't know if it's a CGI or what, or, or if it's just, well, it won't be CGI, will it? But it's just something, it just doesn't look quite right. And actually, there is one more thing I want to talk about. Um uh, sorry, I didn't even let you say anything about that. This film's got the worst kissing ever. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's got terrible kissing. It Like, when he's kissing that girl, all right, yeah, he's off his face, so you can sort of get that. But then later on, when the girlfriend sleeps with the brother, the kissing is terrible. It's like, it's like, I, I don't know if they were directed to do that or they just neither of them had kissed anyone before in their life, but it was just absolute insanity. Um... I mean, it suits the tone of the film, but it, it stood out. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit gross. Uh, it just made me feel a bit a bit funny. Close-ups uh, kissing in films is never necessary, but bleh. <laughs> but I no. did say about the train, I do enjoy the little um, 
the little cameo in there of um Dwayne. Is it Dwayne? I always forget his blinking name. Um Dwayne from Basket Case with his little basket on the Oh, is that what that was? You see, I haven't yeah. I haven't seen Basket Case. So um <gasps> Oh, it's wonderful. I must admit it's funny because I could tell something was going on there and I'm going, I'm just sat going, I don't know what it is. Um, did you get that, Matthew? I didn't. I've not seen it either. So I'm, yeah, completely over my head. Were you the well, same in- as me going, there's something going on here, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it was It was lingering on him for, I, I assumed it was like going to be, a, you know, the, the victim or something, but it, no, it was, uh, yeah, it lingered on him for an amount of time that it felt significant. But it wasn't. <laughs> well, in, in the context of the film. Well, I had seen this before I saw Basket Case. So in fairness, I didn't realise until a pal said, oh, the, the little fun cameo at the end was great, wasn't it? And I didn't know what on earth they were on about. And then I watched Basket Case after this and I was like, oh, which Basket Case is so much fun. And the the two sequels are just brilliant as well. They're so silly. Just fab you should if you like brain damage you'll probably really enjoy basket case it's so much fun oh well i shall add it to my list um i've been wanting and to frank watch and it hooker anyway as well if you haven't seen that one frank and hooker i've heard mm-hmm. that i've heard that is actually quite good i believe they're all on the arrow player um so if you have the arrow video player i think they're all on there i do that's how i managed they're to all watch on this. arrow well, at the very least, um, Brain Damage and Frank and Hooker are on Arrow physical releases because I have them both and they're wonderful. Lovely stuff. Um, well, is there anything else we need to mention? I mean, I suppose there's an ending, isn't there, that we should get to? Uh, um, I'd just probably just skip over... Uh quickly that the the b plot for for the film is a bit crap uh, oh yeah i meant to write that down yeah yeah uh and the it gets a bit repetitive when you keep seeing elmer do his uh his teethy injecty thing uh in the back of the neck but again minor quibbles so just getting them out there and getting it over with yeah yeah I'm actually going to skip over the ending of this because um, I think you know there's nothing significant particularly happens. I think you can you you can figure out what's going to happen in a in a movie like this. Um, apart from it goes a little bit odd. Um, lights coming out of his head. Um, anyway, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. I'd say that's probably my review of that one. Um. Yeah, thanks for bringing that one to us, Sam. I suppose it's a good, it's a good fun movie. Yeah, and I got to do a little doodle of um Elmer as well, which was fun. Which I appreciated. I thought it was very beautiful. (laughs) And I I did doodle for um. What did I do doodle for? I did doodle for midsummer. Midsummer, Yeah. Oh, you have to send me that because I'm not on social media, so we haven't seen it. I think I put it on uh, the what is it? The... It's on the. It was certainly on the Instagram. It wasn't good doodle. It was just flowers with a pyramid in the background. Uh, anyway, um, 
so yeah, everyone follow the Instagram because I'm putting things on Instagram now. That's exclusive, nearly Instagram content. I haven't put that anywhere else except from sending it to Sam. Um, so yeah, you can go on there and see what doodle whether I do doodle, do doodle, do doodle. I don't like the way that sounds. Um, <laughs> right, let's get let's get down to the review bit then. I don't think anyone from our delightful social media has said anything about it. Um, oh, well, I hopefully do... we are inspiring people to watch it though. Oh, I do need to look up the old. Uh... So six point five on IMDb, sixty-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes. Again, I never really understand what Rotten Tomatoes, how that works. So I went on Letterboxd then and just started typing Letterboxd in, which is ridiculous. And three point five on Letterboxd. No, that's pretty good, actually. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good score for a horror film on Letterboxd. Yeah, it's decent, isn't it? Yeah, that's a pretty sweet score. Uh, I'm going to go for silly one. Hey, sorry, just saying, especially such a silly film as well. Yeah, it's it it it's silly, but it's what you want from an eighties horror film, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it it it's it's such a a lovely eighties horror film. When I was watching it, I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, this has been the sort of light relief horror film we haven't watched for quite a while. Because you know, it is nice to dip into the serious, scary stuff, but sometimes it's nice to go back to this stuff where it's, you know, blood, guts, and hilarity. Um, so yeah, I actually think, yeah, I think I'm gonna go creative psychopath. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm going to go the same. I think it's judging the film for what it is rather than what it isn't. What it is is just setting out to be having a fun time and just getting a bit icky with it and doing some wacky shit. And yeah, creative psychopath for me too. Any film that has one of the main characters singing a jazzy crooner song at the end Guess a creative psychopath, really. It's a creative More psychopath. jazzy crooners, please, in horror. Lovely. Well, I forgot to mention, if you're a new listener, I apologise. We have three stages of rating. We have a shit, a new it's spooky in the middle, or creative psychopath. Obviously, we've done that bit already, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm rubbish, and I can't remember things, so at least I remembered it later. My brain's not working too good today. Not brain good, not. Brain no worky. Brain not good. Well, there you go then. That was the delicious, delicious movie filling, which brings us into this final slice of bread that I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm not looking forward to my, my own one, but I'm looking forward to your two. So I pose the question to you, which I've seen knocking around social medias, I think, before, which is if you could remake a horror film with the Muppets retaining one uh, live-action character... What would you pick? And um, yeah, does anyone want to go first, or shall I? Well, I'll go first because I've I've broken the rules for this, but I I think it's acting within the spirit of the rules. Okay, fair enough. So I'm I'm going to have a film where I want all of the cast to be humans, but one particular actor replaced by multiple Muppets. Right. Okay. Uh, and I want the movie split. 
But James Ooh. McAvoy's split personalities are all different Muppets. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that would be good. Yes, well done. You've. Uh... I think that would be. I think that would be a really wild ride and a very fun one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, have you given any thought to the Muppets you'd, you'd have? Uh, I think. Well, I think Fuzzy Bear has got to be the uh, the the. I can't. Well, the problem is I can't remember the uh, the individual characters that James McAvoy has for it. But uh, Fuzzy Bear has to be the sweet childlike one, doesn't of he? Of course, yeah. Uh, Pepe is just my favourite Muppet, so he's going in there somewhere. Is he the prawn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What watch the Muppet, Muppets Haunted Mansion? You'll understand why. Oh, he's great in that. Uh, I think one of the the personalities Petunia, isn't it? So that's obviously Miss Piggy. Patricia. Patricia, sorry, yes. Yeah. Great. I can't uh, remember any of their names apart from Patricia. The one is do they call him the Beast? Maybe like the scary one. Animal, um, obviously. Oh uh, yeah, that writes itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that one's easy. And then, oh, well, the child one's called. They're really sweet, though. And then I, I think... Oh, is it Hedwig? I think the child's called. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then the, there's the sort of the stern organiser boss one, isn't there? Uh, which I reckon that, that's got to be Sam the Eagle. Ah, oh, yeah. Quite a lot of crossover here in our, car- our casting choices. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um... See, I haven't thought too hard about what Muppets go where. Anyway, shall I do mine? I'll do mine. Uh, and we'll let Sam do the last one. So um, I think Silence of the Lambs for me. Um, I keep Jodie Foster. It is Jodie Foster in that film, right? Yes. I'm, uh, I'm surprised you're going for Jodie Foster as uh, yet the lead and not keeping uh, Hannibal. Oh no, because I think a Hannibal, a Muppet Hannibal, is the best thing ever. Yeah, that is true. Um, I really want a Muppet Hannibal, and which Muppet? Well, I want Kermit as Buffalo Bill because I think he would look cool standing. You know, he they sometimes show him um, standing. Kermit, Kermit standing up, and he's got those tiny little legs. I'd like to see him doing the. <laughs> I'd like to see him doing the penis tuck. The goodbye horses dance. I'd love to see. I want to see Kermit doing that. Okay. Would you like to fuck me? Um <laughs> No, don't, don't. Yeah, that's what I want. I want that. Um with AI we could have we could make these. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. don't someone will do it. Don't know. That's too upsetting. It puts on the cream. Uh, you missed me doing it's not easy being green, except it puts on the cream. Uh, <laughs> it puts on the lotion. Uh, yeah, sorry, I've gone mad. Uh, Hannibal, I, I thought, I thought maybe Fozzie Bear for Hannibal, to be fair, or maybe Gonzo. Gonzo would make for a good Hannibal, I think. Yeah, I think well, maybe Ma- Miss Piggy. No, I don't like Miss Piggy, she's out. Um, maybe she, she has that vicious streak running through her. Requires she, she could be the one in the hole. 
Yeah. Oh, you got to put her in the pit, in the well. Yeah, she can be the one in the hole. Get in the hole. Catherine uh, Martin. Yeah, put her in the hole. And um, the only other Muppet I really like is, is Rizzo. Rizzo? The rat? Yeah, we love Rizzo. But I can't think of any other significant characters in it. Apart from Jack Crawford, that I don't feel right. Hmm. I feel like Jack Crawford would be um, Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good shout. Oh yeah, that, no, you're right. Yeah, intelligent, scientifically minded, glasses, nerdy. Maybe I'll make that. Yeah. Actually, I think I'd make Rizzo the guard. You know, there's the guard at the um at the the facility. I I, I do that. Yeah, I like that. And um, uh, maybe just a beaker as as Doctor. What's his face? You know the what's he called? The psychiatrist, the one that's got Hannibal locked up. Doctor something. Same. Chilton. There you go. I'll Chilton. Have... There we go. But I'd have that as Beaker because I hate the character and I hate Beaker. And uh, of your own podcast, get out. No, I but you're uh, not allowed to, yeah. We're not having Muppet Slender of any kind here. Wholesome character ever created. Oh, it freaks me out. Fine, not Beaker. Then everyone seems to love fucking Beaker. One of the all the Muppets. No, you can't love them all. What's one of the annoying? What's one of the annoying twins? That one of them ones. Um, there are no annoying Muppets. Right. You, by annoying twins, do you mean Sadler and Waldorf? No. Bearing in mind, if you're going to do this with The Shining, they'd play the two little girls. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, I can't take any more of this slander. So Sam, what what have you got for us? Well, I got very excited by this, and I wait. Of course, wait. Oh, go on. Go on. The Buffalo's Bill's got a dog. I just might, I might as well make it Rolf. Precious. <laughs> oh, that'd be cute. Rolf would be good as being precious. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, I I did consider Silence of the Lambs as being one of the films I'd like to do, um, but I went with Hellraiser because that's one of my favorites. Oh. And I just thought how fun that would be. So my um human being would be Aubrey Plaza as Julia, because I feel like that would be so much fun. She's so sassy, and she can do dark characters really, really well. Um, and then, of course, I've I've cast the rest of the characters. Um, Kermit is Pinhead slash Lead Cenobite. Um, can you imagine him in his little... I can't do the Kermit voice, so if you want to, Mark, feel free, but imagine him saying, like, we have such sight shites, sights to show you in the Kermit voice. Excellent. We, we will tear your soul apart. See, excellent, adorable. Um, Piggy will be Butterball, and like that's no shade on Piggy, but she's gonna have to be the chubby one, isn't she? Come on. Um, Beaker yeah. will be Chatterer. Fucking Beaker. I'm so obsessed with that. The idea of him being the Chatterer is just so cute. Um. Janice would be the female Cenobite. Um, Sam Eagle would be Frank. Can you imagine Sam Eagle being like, it's me, Frank. 
but in his little Sam Eagle voice. Um, <laughs> especially for you, Matthew, but this was what I cast anyway. Pepe would be Larry. Can you Thank imagine you. him being Larry? That's excellent. And um, Gonzo would be Kirsty because can you imagine the chaos of um, Gonzo trying to figure out the lament configuration and then disappearing off into a weird hell dimension trying to save himself? It'd just be absolute chaos. It'd be so good. And then all the random little demony things in there would be like the Manamana um, Muppets. And oh, it just, it'd be so much fun. I would. I'd, I would kill people to have that become a reality. I wouldn't be able to watch and it with good be in prison, but, you know, oh, imagine that. Yeah, I don't no. think a jury on earth would convict you. I don't think they would, no. I think, I think that would be just cause for murder. Um, I don't know about that. Uh... But yes, why not? But I really like the Muppets, so it'd be worth it. I'd do it. Yeah, me too. I also really like the Muppets. There's uh, just one that I don't like. Except Beaker, you monster. That's not acceptable. Freaks me out. Me, 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 me. Exactly. Exactly. No, he's delightful. No, he freaks me out. Talk normally. Uh, lovely. Right. Well, after well, that... that mean, depressing note. Yeah. Uh, sad am I going to get hate mail? Do I need to, like. Yeah, I'm going to send yes. hate mail straight away. Do I need to, like, um, what is it? Issue an apology now? Yes. Okay. Beaker fandom don't play. They're going to they're gonna come for you. All right. I apologize to everybody out there who is a Beaker fan. Uh, I personally do not enjoy the character. Since I was a child, I found him quite scary, and it's never really gone away. So I apologise, but it's personal opinion. There you go. How's that? Very good. You are forgiven. We'll forgive, but not forget. I'm literally looking at my Muppet Lego collection as we speak. So, you know, the, the, the slight against Beaker... Hurts me deeply in my soul. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we're uh, we're we're chatting on now, so we better uh, wrap this sandwich up because it's become rather a large sandwich full of nonsense, mostly. <laughs> mostly nonsense. nonsense. It's, a, it's a strange, strange sandwich, but a delightful one, no less. Um. So yeah, same things, everyone. Join the Facebooks. Five star reviews, not Facebooks, just the one. Uh, Instagram, because apparently I'm doing drawings now, and uh, Patreon if you like it. Um, my name's Mark. I don't know why I said that. Um, Matthew's here too. Bye bye. Bye. And Sam's going as well. I am. Thank you for having me back. Thanks for coming. It's been a pleasure as always. Yes, it's been an absolute pleasure.